1: great to be back with you folks we love this opportunity with me as always my friend my co-host Stephanie Wesco, coming to us all the way by the airwaves from uh, Indiana Stephanie what's going on with you
2: well good morning Doug what's going on wow we have had a crazy last few weeks um, of course getting over the cold uh, had a little bit of a family vacation in the Smokies, which was amazing, and um, we're coming up here on going to Camp Joy for Wounded Spirits Family Camp. So the kids pumped about
1: that.
2: Yes. And then of course, going to the McClure's, you know,
1: Yay. that's like, Oh man, that right there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're pretty pumped about that.
1: <sighs> <so>. Hebron, Indiana. <laughs> Let me tell you, Emmanuel Baptist. There is no other church in Hebron, Indiana. I mean, you just got to go. How could you go anywhere else folks?
2: Oh, they're pretty amazing. That's
1: got to be the best church there. I mean, I can't yeah. even think it's, it. it's beyond my ability to imagine anything better than that, but we got to keep moving. Even with this COVID brain and the ability to move over, me admitting in the last podcast I've never been able to quite understand a Pilgrim's Progress, Stephanie coming <laughs> clean saying she had to buy tapes to do that, and and uh, so, you know, I think we can all feel a little better. You know, sometimes, you know, when we surrender and, and let you know what we've been through, God uses that to make you feel better about yourself because I can't believe that I'm the only one that felt inferior when it came to Pilgrim's Progress. You know, oh. I bought the book every couple of years. I'd lose it or something. I'd buy another one i try to read it. One time I read 17 pages in a row. Another time I fell off my chair, falling asleep trying to read it. So I'm so thankful we were able to come clean with this and say, I'm not the only one. Hey, I dig the guy who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. One day I'll meet him in heaven. I'm going to give him a solid fist bump or something, but I'm just glad to know that we all got that issue going on. It's not just me. Brothers, sisters in Christ, smile. It's you too. We're all equally dumb. It's okay. And some people, oh, man, life is hard. It's harder if you're dumb, but if you're real dumb. So anyway, we've been dealing with this. You know, we all got a little bit of it. So we've been dealing with this word. And hey, I I just wanted to tell everybody, I did get to see uh, Liberty. I actually put a picture of Liberty on the podcast website. Remember, we picked on Liberty a while back. She was part of a team that made me feel not great about myself when it came to music. But I forgave them. She was one or two people who did that. And I've learned not only to forgive Liberty, but I, I love her and, I, and I've let it go. So I got to see Liberty. And, and then and, and the Hicks kids are just pretty awesome. The Hicks girls they are. got to see Lydia, and, and Lydia's awesome. And got to see Sweet Lou and Mama Mia Leah. It was like all, and I met another Hicks girl. Uh, there was a Hicks girl oh. I had not met.
2: You got to meet the oldest one. I did. Yeah, that's awesome. You know I'm what so freaks me out? I, I, I just want
1: to come clean on this because it needs to be said. It's been bothering me for a long time. <laughs> and I think it needs to be said about the Hicks. Uh, I don't know how they can have a dad that looks like Steve and have such good-looking <gasps> girls in that family. Dad. I'm just being up front with you, oh man. Oh, my word. You know, how did those Steve, kids turn out so good-looking? That's all I want to oh know. Goodness. How Steve. is that even possible? I mean, I love Steve. Steve, I am
2: pu- I'm putting a disclaimer out right now. I, oh I my just
1: word. I, I mean – Come on, man. I mean, those kids are good looking kids. That's a gene mix made in heaven right there, man. Wow. And then those girls all look so pretty this past week. But anyway, here oh, we are. At the wedding. And Logan hey, was Logan a handsome dude up there with his uh, good looking bride, Shelby, I believe her name. What a yep. what a good kid. Great wedding. I enjoyed it was everything. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was really I, I'm so glad I went. Thank you, Hicks people, for inviting me. I might not get an invite on the next one because of Bringing up the whole Steve thing. And a lot of people have been thinking it. I just brought it up. But anyway, word of the day. It's like the Pilgrim's so Progress so thing. I've I got to be the one to tell you. You're never going to know and you're going to feel bad about yourself. Anyway, boy, they do. they got some good-looking kids. And the nice kids, from what I can tell. All right. So you know this word that's been getting to me? And, and I'll tell you something, man. You know, Steve's into riding bikes and exercise. They got a camper now. I'm pretty proud of them. I know. Uh, anyway. I,
2: know. I think it's pretty great. My kids, of course, now, several of them. I need a camper. You know, camper. the younger ones. Yeah. But yes, we now need a camper.
1: I need a camper. Everybody needs a camper now. See, see what they started. <laughs> Here we are trying to do a radio thing, and we're talking about campers. All right, well, <laughs> if you got a camper you'd like to donate to Stephanie, call me at 1-800-Donate-Doug or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I want to get real serious here. This is, this is a word that we can't deal with. We mentioned this like a month and a half ago, best I can tell from my list here. Going through my list. Best I can tell this word was mentioned way back in the beginning, but it's got to be mentioned again because somebody wrote me about this. And, and they, they wrote that dug at, so remember, dug at windedspirits.com. When you want to talk about retreat, anything we're doing, be part of that. Write us. But they're talking about dealing with bitterness. And, and Stephanie, I got to tell you, bitterness is easy. Yeah. It's it's real easy for any of us to fall into bitterness, especially those of us who've been hurt, those of us who feel like uh, we've been down a road that we shouldn't have to go down. Um, bitterness is real. And, you know, I yeah. get bitter sometimes. And you say, you know, one of Emmy's 10 questions that I have written down is, you know, her why questions. You know, why'd my daddy have to die? Why do good people die when bad people get to live? You guys know the questions. Three-year-old Emmy came up with them. But one of the many ones is, that leads to bitterness, I think, is, is the question on why do people hurt people is one of the things Emmy asked me. And those kind of things can make us real bitter. But, you know, I can understand uh, kind of how we get here, Stephanie. I understand that. And I can even understand, sadly, how we can stay in that bitter place. But God's, God's got a place for us. He said, let all bitterness yeah. over in Ephesians 431 and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, be put away for you with all malice. So not only do we put it away, but put it away with all prejudice, put it away that you don't ever want to bring this back up again, put it away mm-hmm. in a way you never want to see this again, because bitterness is dangerous. It, it not only, you know, it yeah. takes the sweetness out of you and life and those people around you, but it grows, Stephanie.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's a cancer. And I think bitterness affects you physically. I think, um, there is a very much a correlation between bitterness and physical, um, people that are bitter often, um, they're very tense. They're very on edge. They're very cynical. Um, and I think that's where bitterness leads to is you become cynical where, um, and I'm not, and there's a difference between being cautious and being cynical. Um, cynical is where you cannot, all you see is negative in people it's like impossible. You can't get past ever. You know, everyone you look at, you view them through the lens of this, this person at at the root is an evil person. No, that's not. That's not how we're to look at people around us. Yes, there are going to be evil people. There's going to be people that call themselves Christians that are jerks. Yeah, we get all of that. But bitterness is a cancer that will eat you alive emotionally, spiritually. It'll handicap you. It'll handicap your children. It'll handicap the people around you because anyone you come into contact with, instead of you edifying them, instead of you building them up and encouraging them, you're normally spewing toxins. You're normally spewing what's in you. And I have been around bitter people who it has permeated their lives to a level where they don't even realize the fact even people that treat them nice can't really stand them because they're so toxic and that's where bitterness takes you. It takes you down a trail of toxicity because bitter. And I think there's a reason that that verse says, "Let bitterness be put away with all anger, wrath and malice and all of that, because bitterness leads to anger. It leads to revenge. It leads to vengeance. It leads to murder. And yeah. I, and I can't yeah. rightly, you can lead but to war. Least, yeah, I agree. Yes, at, at the very least, bitterness leads to a murderous spirit, at the very least. And I have experienced that firsthand. I saw that firsthand yeah. several times in how my late husband was treated. Yeah. Um, that is where bitterness takes you. And what's sad is a lot of things that lead to bitterness could be resolved by a simple talking something out, by a simple explanation, um, where something is misconstrued. And, and I'm not always, there are times that it, it, you know, if you've been abused by someone, they're not repentant, they're not going to change. And, but by the grace of God, that can eat you alive. The fact that your abuser doesn't care that they abuse you, they view themselves as God himself. And I don't say that lightly, but there are narcissists who view themselves that way, whether they admit it or not, and those are the situations that are very easy. To, it can eat you alive, and you have to take it to God and understand. One of the promises God makes that has brought so much comfort to me—not in Charles' death. Um, I God has given such peace. God had a had supernatural reasons for Charles' martyrdom when He took him, how He took him, all of that. That's easier to deal with than the abuse. Okay, that's that's the abuse and the ongoing repercussions of that. That's harder to deal with, and so one of the greatest promises in God's word to me is when God says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay," mm. saith the Lord. That is a promise. Thank on that you, brethren.
1: Yeah. Yes,
2: and if we'll get a hold of that, it will melt that bitterness. To it say, will. God, you've got this. Cast your burden on the Lord. God says, and He will sustain you. He will never suffer. He'll never allow the righteous to be moved. He'll hold you in that safe place and under the shadow of his wings if you will give that anger, that bitterness to him and surrender that vengeance. I'm not saying justice. I'm saying vengeance where you're out for blood. Yeah. Give that to God because that's where bitterness will take you if you don't get it rooted out.
1: There it is. And, and folks, we're not going to beat on this any more than bitterness. It's also hooked to forgiveness. Yeah, you, you just got to, we, we got to get through these things. We don't need that bitterness growing <laughs> throughout our families. I'll tell you, when parents are bitter, kids are bitter. When kids are bitter, grandkids are bitter. Generations yep. are bitter. And we yep. wonder how we end up with wars and knuckleheads and more knuckleheads. It's that. Hey, listen, we're going to go to commercial. We're going to get away from this bitterness. We're going to come right back in chapter 21 of the book of Proverbs. Hey, hang with us. Thanks for hanging in there. And, you know, Stephanie, as we've been going through the book of Proverbs and chapter number 21, we, there's been a lot going on. I mean, in mm-hmm. chapter 21, it's, it's really, it, it seems it's come straightforward. You know, it seems all, all that. But at the same point, it's been in my life really talking about what brings peace. Uh, what brings honor, you know, those types of things in chapter 21 have been a real blessing to me. And I think it continues on here in verse number 18. And uh, it talks about the the wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. And it's talking about the wicked and uh uh, it's a way of saying that the righteous will ultimately succeed and triumph over the wicked. That's what I'm seeing here in the verse. It's a, mm-hmm. This is God's way of saying, listen, the righteous are going to succeed. You know, ransom, yeah. is it's like a metaphor uh uh, for something being paid for us or something like that. And, and, you know, basically I see in this verse, you correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I wrote down in my Bible, but, but God's basically promising in the end that the righteous and the upright will be lifted above the wicked and the unfaithful and the ungodly and the crazy and the blah, blah, blah. I'm seeing that this is the other side of that, Stephanie, that, that we, we come out on the winning side of this. That's what I'm looking at. What do you think?
2: Yeah, well and what I see is the principle of what I just the verse I just gave vengeance is mine I will repay saith the Lord. Yeah. Where God promises when the when we at the end of the story at the end of of time when time shall be no more if not before then but we know for sure by then this verse will be fulfilled to to its maximum where you know, we have heaven to live for. We have heaven to look forward to. We have incredible peace, joy, love, freedom from sickness, pain, suffering. We have all that to look forward to when the when the tale is told. And the wicked have nothing when the tale is told. All they have to look forward to is an eternity in a lake of fire.
1: Yeah.
2: And so if, if not before then... For sure, by then, this verse will be fulfilled, and that that should give us hope. It should give us joy now, to to keep to, to keep serving the Lord. Because yes, yeah, sometimes it gets very discouraging. It seems like the wicked are the ones always on top, but no, that's where Satan wants us to you know to focus, and that's why listening to the news isn't always a good idea. Get busy praying. Get busy serving the Lord, because you are on the winning side, no matter. What this world throws at you through Christ, we are more than conquerors.
1: Yeah. There you go. There you go. And this next verse, boy, this is this is one we've we've all known. And anybody who's ever been married has lived. It is better to dwell. And we kind of covered this in verse nine, I think, right? Yeah, it is better to dwell in the corner of a house yeah, yeah. than with a brawling woman. But now look what it says here. It is better to dwell in the wilderness uh with a contentious with a contentious and an angry woman is better to dwell in the wilderness than, I, I better put that word than in there. Uh, so you're, you're better off living in the middle of nowhere with no food, no water, no internet, no TV. Than to be hanging out with an angry woman. That's what it's saying here, Stephanie. I'm just I'm just reading the Bible here, you know. So our goal should be, and it's probably the same way with an angry man. We we are we are not going to grab. We're not going to be sexist here. It could go either way. Uh, there's nothing worse than being with somebody who's angry and contentious and all that. And but I think Stephanie, the goal is to make sure we're not hanging there. Yes. Well, and
2: um. When I look at this verse, and I I've, I know I've talked about this numerous times, and I fail of this sometimes, um, but because of situations, I was around a um, couple times growing up, but mainly after Charles and I started, um, I don't like this term now, but we called it courting. Um, I don't prefer that term now. It just has bad connotations for me. But anyway, be that as it may from that point forward um contentious and angry a contentious and angry woman was heavily involved in our lives and yeah. um virtually anytime she was around by the time she was out of the picture of a, even a certain event there was contention there was anger there was pain there were tears that's just how it was and i remember times wishing I could flee to the end of the earth to get away from that because it caused so much stress. It caused so much emotional and mental upheaval. And this verse was a reality. And so the contr- the contrast to this that God laid heavily on my heart as I began having kids and I and I didn't want to repeat that. I didn't want my kids to grow up with that kind of woman being their mother um Was Proverbs thirty one talks about the, that the virtuous woman has the law of kindness being in her tongue. In other words, it's like controls her tongue. It is a part of her tongue, the law of kindness, and that and kindness doesn't mean a kid can get away with garbage. It doesn't mean um, she lets sin go by. Okay, but it means Jesus Christ is governing her tongue, and and if and Jesus is governing our tongue. As women um, speaking as a woman, if Jesus Christ is governing our tongue, if his love, if his life is flowing through our words, through our tone, through our demeanor, this will not be said of us because I believe this isn't, this is talking about a woman that this, this defines her. Okay. We're all going to have times where we sin, where we have to get, make that right. I cannot tell you, I have had to do that numerous times, not every day, but I have to do that with my kids where I go to them and say, I am sorry, I had no right to be angry like that. I did not respond in, you know, the Lord was not controlling me when I responded that way. But this woman, this defines her, this is who she is. And that, oh, heaven forbid that that be said of us because this that means that this, if this defines you, if, if, if you are defined as an angry and contentious person, that means you are under the control of a, of a satanic spirit, just putting it quite bluntly because this comes from the devil.
1: It does. It does. And, 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 you know, just a reminder, uh, that uh, the Bible teaches us to be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, yes. forgiven one another. It's about grace. Even as yes. God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. And, and we've talked throughout this book of Proverbs of coming up on angry people and things of that nature. And this certainly doesn't, uh, this isn't just the domain of ladies. I've known some pretty honoring <laughs> men, you know. <laughs> and uh, some pretty honorary women and but God reminds us to be tender hearted. You know, he reminds us to be forgiven one another. And this kind of goes with what we were talking about. You know, isn't it weird how these words always stick later to the verses we're covering. And yes. <laughs> uh, it, God always has a way of doing that. And but this is kind of that same kind of thing. It's that idea of God's grace. It's you know, for Christ's sakes, the way he has forgiven you. And, you know, we can get caught up in that bitterness cycle, and we can become a train wreck. And, you know, and and I mean, that can define entire relationships. And that's why this whole PTSD thing stinks. uh, Because if we take on the identity of I've been hurt, I've been, you know, in war, I've been in accidents, I've witnessed murder. I mean, you put whatever your trauma is in there. There's a hundred we could name off real quickly. You put whatever that's in there, and that can be the impetus or – uh, that can be the reason behind why you do all these things, or God can be the reason behind why you don't. God can be the reason why we're tenderhearted. God can be the reason, uh, you know, why we forgive people. God can be the reason that we show grace. and And, you know, maybe these trials we've been through, and I never— You know me, Stephanie, I never want to downplay you watching your husband get murdered. I never want to downplay Willie dying in my arms. I never want to downplay somebody who's witnessed something terrible. I never want to downplay illness or injury or molestations. I never want to downplay any of those things. But if we can take an opportunity that we've already been through, and again, none of us are downplaying it, Stephanie and I in no way are downplaying anything that any of you have been through. But if we can look at them as a trial, that we can take this terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened to us and turn around and make it part of God's grace for other people, I think we've done something pretty great. Mm. I think if our identity becomes that person who got through, I think if yeah. our identity became, you know, we can harp. I was talking to a man not too long ago, and we were having a really a real decent conversation. This is maybe a year or two ago. And we we're having a long run conversation. To make a long story short, his wife ran off with his best friend. And this is, you know, this was like eight years pre- previous to him and I talking. And as I talked, and he's a regular listener. So, hey, brother, I'm not going to mention your name, location, or anything like that. But uh, but I, I will say this I will say this. Somewhere he found out that he couldn't live there anymore, that his life could not be that bitterness, could not be that uh, angriness, could not be that living identity of being a terrible uh thing that happened to him that you're just like this big bruise is how his life looked that's what he told me it's like a big bruise every time someone touched me i just yelled out ow and then one guy one day god got a hold of him man he turned that trial into something special And, man, I wish you could meet his new wife. I I wish you could see how God's using this, man. And we've got that option, folks. And we're going to end with that. Listen, if you need to get a hold of us, it's Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Call me. You want to tell you about the ministry. I want to tell you about what we're doing. We sure do love you, folks. It's great talking to you. Please listen to every word Brother Eric's got to tell. got to tell you, hey, today, with a smile that only God can give. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.